Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. That a little bit today as we kick this uh, series off. So failure is a little bit confusing and complicated. Now first up, I want to show you something. This is a box that we label as failure. And in this box, we put some things. In this box, we, we do put our mistakes. You know, there are times when we haven't put the effort in that we need to, to succeed. Can we be honest about that? There are times that we just we don't turn up when we're supposed to, and that goes in the box of failure. That's, that kind of makes sense. There are times when we're unprepared, we haven't done the preparation, and that's contributed to our lack of success. That goes in, the, in there as well. There are also times where we make mistakes. We just can't execute. We can't do what we need to. And there are times that we don't have the skills or the skill that we need to be successful. And so that's pretty simple. But then we come to some of these things where here's where it starts to get a little bit more complicated. We have unmet expectations in relationships. So things that we want, most often good things that we desire and that we want, they are unmet. And those go in the box as well. There's relationships, there's work, there's aspirations. Maybe it's in uh, your business. Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's something that you've wanted to pursue as a career and it hasn't worked out the way that you want to. That goes in the box as well. Finances, some things that we are believing for, that we're hoping for. Maybe we're hoping to buy our own house or maybe for some of us we're in debt or we need uh, financial breakthrough and that kind of is an unmet expectation but it still goes in the box called failure so those are the the first things but again here's where it starts to get a little bit more complicated we start to uh, have the impact of others failures when other people let us down and so we have the pain when other people have disappointed us through no fault of our own. And that also goes in. Sometimes we process that as failure. That goes in there. Sometimes we have rejection as part of that. And that goes in the box that we call failure. We've been betrayed. Other people have let us down in a significant way. And that goes in the box called failure. And sometimes we can feel powerless because of other people's actions. And we can uh, see ourselves as a victim without power. This is a very real thing. And we also process that as failure. It goes into the box. Then we've got the things that we do that damage our relationship with God, ourselves, and others. And we call that sin. That's what the Bible calls sin. The things that we do that damage our relationship with God, self, and others. 
And this goes in the box called failure. Start off with one that says greed. Now, I know that you would never be greedy, but I want to tell you about a story when I was greedy. And I'm going to show you this amazing photo uh, coming up on the screen. So this is uh, old tech. Okay, Nokia 6210. Now, this little beauty uh, didn't have an aerial. I don't know. I'm showing my age here. Um, but this was like revolutionary tech, all right? The gold one. Okay, I'm not just talking about the normal one. I'm talking about the gold one. So uh, I started off my career in sales. I went to university in Sydney, uh, did a degree in business, and then I was in sales. And I'm quite a resourceful person. And I was in a team of uh, what we call territory managers. So we had a, a sales region and we worked together in the state of New South Wales. And uh, there was a queue and a system for people to get upgrades in phones. And so this phone was the phone that was going to be the upgrade. And I wasn't at the top of the queue. But I'm a very resourceful person. And so I worked out a way, can I be honest, based on my greed, my desire to have it right now, to jump the queue. I mean, congratulations to me. Well done, Andrew. You're a very resourceful person. But in doing so, there was a couple of things that happened. One is I damaged my relationship with the person that I took the phone off. He wasn't very happy when he found out. It was too late. Lucky me. But that wasn't good. I damaged my relationship with him and I didn't represent myself well as a Christian. Now, that is a failure on my behalf. And that goes into this box, the things that we do. There's other things. There's lust, pride, selfishness. They all go in this box that we label as failure. What happens as well is it's not just the things that we do, but it's how we feel about the shame that we feel for doing the wrong thing. I know what's right and I don't do it and then I feel shame for not doing what is right and there's more of that in there. And there's factions and all kinds of different things that are happening and the last thing is conflict. We process often conflict as failure. Whenever you have a relational disagreement or where things don't go your way, we chuck that in the box called failure, opposition, fear, criticism. And we have all these kinds of things. And so we've got this conflict, but then also we've got our imaginations of worst-case scenario. We call those fears. They're not actually real, but our fear of failure is often processed as failure those imaginations become very real. And so what happens here is we have all these different things of all different types and we all process them as failure. We mix them in. They're not the same, but we categorise them as the same. And the last thing that happens, and this is very significant, and I, I know that I felt this personally, is that we go from carrying 
a box called failure with all these jumble of things in, with shame and fear and sin and our mistakes, and we go from saying, I've got all this failure that I'm dealing with, to something else. To saying that we are failures. And to labelling ourselves because of what we have, we put this label on ourselves and our identity. And sometimes we take this label and sometimes we stitch it onto our heart. We put it deep in our heart. Can we be real? This is what we do. We take these failures, these disappointments, this mixed bag, and we take it from a thing that we carry to something that we are and we put that deep down within us and we say we are a failure. Now, I've got good news. And my first bit of good news is that in Jesus, failure is something that you deal with but never something that we are. It's something that you deal with in Jesus, not, not by ourselves, not just because I make that proclamation, not because I've got self-help or just because I think that's a good idea, but through the power of Jesus, he comes to take the label of failure off and he comes to banish that and he comes to say, hey, that's not who you are. You are made in my image. You are made to succeed. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start to look at some of the things in this box and we're going to realise and go through that because they are different things, they need to be treated differently. Does that make sense? There are different things in this box. You can't treat them the same. The other thing you can't do is ignore them. Because who I remember a couple of years ago, we had uh, Beck went shopping and there was a bag of oranges that slipped out of the bag and under the seat. And so in our car, there was this smell that we couldn't work out. And it wasn't until we dug a little bit deeper that we realised that we had some things that we needed to deal with that we didn't deal with. If you don't deal with failure in your life, it is going to rob you of significance. It is going to ruin your heart. It is going to change the way that you think about yourself. It is going to become a negative filter by which you process your life, even the best parts of your life. When other people say, hey, you know, you're doing a great job. You've got this filter. No, I'm not. I'm a failure. Look. Look at the things, look at the things in here. Look at the things here. And this is not God's plan or God's intention for us. So the title of my message today is Failure, Friend or Foe. What do we need to embrace and what do we need to overcome? Now, I've got five categories of failure up here. You can see them there. The first one is mistakes. And we're not going to deal with that today because there's actually some things that you can do to harness the power of your mistakes, to make those fruitful and to breathe life into them. But there are four things that we called out in this box. The first one is sin. The second is fear. The third is, uh, is shame. And the, the fourth is conflict. So there's four other things that we want to deal with. And I'm going to read a, a passage of Scripture from Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 3. 
And it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. This is really important. Verse 3, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. The first picture I want you to think about is a stadium. Imagine this packed stadium, and in this stadium, everybody is cheering you on. Everybody is cheering you on. In that stadium, they're like, hey, we want you to win. We want you to succeed. This is the picture in this opening passage of Hebrews chapter 12. There's this great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. This group of people that are saying, you can do it. You can overcome every circumstance. You can overcome every situation. Everything of your past. We're cheering you on. It's by faith. It's by the person of Jesus. We want you to win. And it's really important that you know this, that heaven is cheering you on. Heaven wants you to win. Who knows, you've got those weeks where, where you're under it. The weeks where you're stressed, the weeks where things haven't worked out, the weeks where you're carrying a heavy box of failure. But the first picture that God wants you to know is that heaven is cheering you on. Heaven wants you to win. God wants you to win. And how you win is by faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus, the champion, wants you to win and heaven wants you to win. The second thing that we're going to look at, well, the first thing that we're going to look at, which is the, the second thing is that, uh, sorry, we'll go, sorry, just go back at previous slide. I'm back. <laughs> Verse 1 says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Now, if you've got sin as failure, which all of us do, through Jesus, he has cancelled the power of that sin. Okay, so I'm talking about the person that has accepted Jesus, that says, hey, I believe that you died and rose again for my forgiveness, forgiveness of my sins. I'm, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And when you do that, your relationship with sin changes. Okay, sin doesn't have any power over you unless you give it. And here's what I want to show you on this next, uh, next slide there. The terms and condition, the next one after that. So look at the top. I understand the terms and conditions of salvation that I am completely set free from sin and death by the grace of Jesus Christ. So becoming a Christian, you've ticked that box. Now, who knows that subsequently there's another box underneath. And it says this, even though I recognize I've been forgiven for sin, I want to opt in to sin. 
I want to receive special offers and regular marketing communication from sin. Okay? Who's got like a inbox, one of your email addresses that's just full of marketing communications, right? And some of you got like categorized like your primary and your social and your, your marketing promotions, right? This is what we do. We say, yeah, yeah. I, I know, like, Jesus and what he did, but, oh, just, yeah, just, just keep me aware of some of the offers, okay? I know it's not good for me. I know that I want to be set free from that, but I'm just going to, like, just occasionally just slip, slip a little bit. You know why? Often because it, 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 it's really pleasurable, okay? It's, it's what you want, okay? That, let's be real. Sin, is, sin feels good, but is bad. Okay, sin is your worst friend that pretends like it's your best friend. This is sin. But what we do is we say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand what Jesus did. Sin has no power. But then we say, I'm going to opt in. So what I want to say, you need to overcome. We need to overcome sinner's failure. We need to get that out. We need to deal with it. But here's what I want to say, don't opt in to sin. We're going to lift the lid. We're going to create a little bit more awareness. And so as you go through this week, you're going to say to yourself, you're going to get some opportunities. You're going to get get some things that appeal to your senses. And then you're going to say, hey, I'm not going to opt in. I'm going to opt out. You may have to unsubscribe from some communication. You may have to unsubscribe from some thought patterns. You may have to unsubscribe because you don't want your mailbox, you don't want your messages, you don't want your life, well, I hope you don't, clogged up with the weight of sin. And here's something that happens under Jesus. Sin becomes optional. Because of my status as someone who follows Jesus, sin is now optional for me. And the Bible says, throw off the weight of sin. It said, you've you've got a choice. Because of Jesus, you've got a choice. Do you want to carry this or not? And you're like, it feels really good, but it hurts me and it conflicts me, but it feels good. And this is the thing. And and this passage is just saying, just don't opt in. Just get rid of it. Sin is now optional for you. And I want to encourage us that we need to, the first thing that we need to do is overcome sin as failure. Sin is failure in your life. But it's not irredeemable. We can live under the grace and that's a daily decision. So don't opt in to sin. The next thing that I want to say is that we need to overcome fear as false failure. So fear is failure. I don't know if I can find it in here. Fear pretends like it's failure, but it's not. Fear is an illusion. But if you let it and you don't deal with it, then fear can create your reality. So about um, 11 years ago, I started mountain biking. And when I started mountain biking, I was very bad at it. I didn't know what I was doing. 
And so my first ever ride, um, I crashed my bike, went over the handlebars, broke my helmet, cut my leg, and the friends that I went with, great friends, they're like, yeah, that's awesome, look at all that blood, don't ever wash your bike, you know, that kind of thing. And so that kind of first, like, two months, I was just like, I don't know what I was doing. I was falling off bridges, I was running into trees, and I was like, this is my, this is my logic and my mindset. Don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree. Bang, I hit the tree again. This is what fear will do for you. Fear will tell you not what to hit. You're driving a car. Don't hit the light pole. Don't, don't hit the light pole. This is not how healthy people operate. If you want to get somewhere, you don't define where you want to get by the things that you don't want to hit. You define it by following the signs and keeping your vision up. So you need to overcome fear as false failure and you need to reject the disinformation of fear. And how you do that is you follow the signs to success. This is what the passage is saying. It's saying, it's saying this. It's saying, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us or has been marked out before us. And I say everybody has signposts to success. Here's a question for you. Do you have, or are you starting to get, an idea of what it means to be successful in your life? Do you have, or are you starting to get an idea of success? So here's a couple. Um, John Maxwell, who's a, a leadership author and communicator, his definition of success, or one of them, is the people closest to me and who know me the best love and respect me the most. Because he's a public figure, right? But he's saying the people that know me the best and are closest to me respect me, love and respect me the most. That's a pretty good one. Another pastor, uh, his definition of success for his kids is my adult kids come home when they don't have to. That's a great definition for success. What is your definition for success? Our definition of success, our mission as a church, is a gr group of people who are following Jesus for the renewal of our city. So when are we successful? When you get set free. When you start to thrive. When you can overcome the things of your past. When you, your body gets healed. When you get restored when you get in that right place and you begin to thrive in your workplace, in your home life, everything is renewed. Where your home is a place of peace and joy. That's our idea of success. And so each and every one of us needs to have a growing definition of success. And we need to follow the signs to success. Now, one of the primary ways that we do this is through the Word of God. The word says, the Bible says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So if you're confused, if you're unsure, part of what we do, we study the Bible to give us signs, signposts, to give us markers. So that when we see uh, things ahead of us, we don't let those fears crush us. We don't let those fears 
stop us. But we see those signs and each and every one of you has the opportunity to succeed. Do we need to, I think we need to deal with this right now. Your failure is not final and your failure is not fatal. Some of you are like, I'm too far gone. Some of you, if you knew, if you've seen what's happened to me, what I've done, what others have done to me, it's not over yet. It's not over. We're going to sort through this box and we're going to bring this community into a place of life. So follow the signs to success. The The next thing that we need to do to overcome fear is it says we... Keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And here's what I want to encourage us to do, is to obsessively focus on Jesus. Now, every time that I prepare a message, I think about the business person. I think about the person that's studying. I think about the person that's at home with their kids. So we don't preach a message. We want you to win in your week, all right? But as I was thinking about this, I was like, this is good for everyone. If we started our day with an obsessive focus on Jesus, it's my conviction. You've got to work it out for yourself, but it's my conviction. If we lifted our eyes to Jesus and saw him as who he is, I reckon that's good for everyone. I reckon that's a great start to the day. It doesn't matter if you're lifting boxes or typing, or studying, or writing code, or helping people in schools, in aged care, anything that you're doing on the job, on a work site, I believe, you try it for yourself, but an obsessive focus on Jesus, man, that's freeing. The times that I don't enjoy my life that much is when I just focus on my own problems, and I try and work them out. I try and crunch the numbers. Had a few days like that. But an obsessive focus on Jesus. He's the champion. There's a group of people that are cheering you on, saying, We want you to succeed. And focusing, obsessively focusing on Jesus is good. So we need to overcome sin as failure, we need to overcome fear as false failure. The other thing that is false failure is shame. It says, Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. So here's what I want to say. Shame is not the friend of the forgiven. Shame is not the friend of the forgiven. Shame is the work of the devil. The Bible describes him as the accuser. As the person who says, yeah, I know that you, you came to Jesus about that, but that's not good enough. You still need to feel bad about that. You still need to be under that weight. And shame is not the friend of the forgiven. So here's what I want you to do. Next slide. I want you to unfriend shame. So we're opting out of sin and we're unfriending shame. Okay, because shame keeps popping up for those with Facebook, Instagram. I'm not on the talk, TikTok, but who knows? If we go into an extended lockdown, no, that's not going to happen. Anyway, uh, it keeps coming up. 
and it's not your friend. It has no place. If you've come to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done, he says, I forgive you. And you say, help me by your spirit. You need to move on. You need to unfriend shame. It's not the friend of the forgiven. Oh, I realized why people were laughing. I didn't even know. That's an unfortunate, amazing coincidence. Um, that is the attitude that you need to have. Serious. I was like, why is everyone laughing? I didn't give the sign yet. Uh, but I will check that next time. However, because it's there, shame is not your friend. You don't have to treat shame nicely. You can give it the <laughs> sign. So shame is false failure. Here's my last one. So what are we doing? There's one thing that we're overcoming as failure, that's sin. There's two things that are false failure. They are fear and shame. You need to treat them in such a way. So you need to deal with sin through Jesus and you need to live like you belong to Jesus, which is by not opting in to shame, uh, sin. Then shame and fear are false failure. You need to follow the signs to success, obsessively focus on Jesus and unfriend shame. The last one, those are two things that we've had to overcome. But one thing that we have to embrace that is actually in here that sometimes we process as failure is conflict. Conflict is not a sign of failure. Here's a question for you. Did Jesus fail? Jesus, the perfect man. He didn't fail, right? Because he was perfect, right? But he was betrayed, rejected, abused. People he invited to follow him said no. People he prayed for, some people got healed, other people didn't get healed. There were times when people didn't understand what he was communicating because of a couple of different things. And so if we understand, we look at the perfect person, Jesus didn't fail, but what was happening? Jesus was contending. Jesus was fighting. Jesus was in this race, in this battle. And sometimes we've got in here this box of failure. We've got conflict and it's not failure. We actually need to embrace in a healthy way. I'm not talking about being adversarial. But if we think that everything that we try should go amazing, which is like my ideal scenario, every idea that I have, people should love it. Okay? Every sermon that I preach, oh, wow, awesome, Pastor Andrew. Okay? That's the ideal. Everything that I do is successful. This is not life. This is not reality. And so a lot of the time, we are contending, we put ourselves in our place of conflict and we need to know that that is healthy. We need to embrace that. That actually shouldn't be in the box.
conflict, opposition. Sometimes we get criticised. Okay, we can learn from that. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. But that shouldn't belong in the box. We need to fight for what is good and eternal. Not for what we want, not for that sweet Nokia 6210 phone without an aerial. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about fighting for what is good, for what is eternal. Here's what I say. Conflict is not always a sign that things are wrong. It's a sign that things are moving. And so some of you have got conflict in your life. Some of you, you know, you're, you're in this kind of battle and you think, well, I'm failing because people aren't loving what I'm doing or I'm not seeing the results. And God's saying, no, I want you to stay in the fight. I want you to be in the mix. God is calling us to contend. So you're not failing, you're fighting. Here's my question, what are you fighting for? What are you in the mix? And it's all kinds of things. For some of you, it's a business idea. For some of you, it's to create a new future in Jesus. For us, what are we contending for? In this church, we're a group of people that our desire is, like Steph said, to extend the family table, to invite more people that don't know Jesus into our community and into a place of belonging. That's what we're doing. We're not like doing a whole bunch of just random things coming in here week after week with that rhythm. We're actually, we exist to see transformation, to see renewal. That's what we're fighting for. What are you fighting for? Some of you are fighting to create peace in your home. Some of you fighting to create future, to create a financial stability for your family, to establish yourself, all kinds of things. What are you fighting for? Some of you are contending for the salvation of family members and friends. Stay in the fight. Stay in the mix. Don't give up. It's not failure. It's part of what God has called us to do. I'm going to invite Twinkie back onto the keys. Here's what I want to share. One scripture will be done in just a couple of minutes. Romans 8.37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God's plan for you is victory. God's plan for you, those crowds, that stadium full of people that are cheering, that he wants you to overcome. There's some things you've been praying about. Some things that you've been hoping for, don't give up. Don't see them as failure. See them as contending. Stay in the fight that God has called you to. I want to uh, pray for a couple of people. As I said, we'll be uh, done in just a minute or two. Everyone, I'd love you to bow your heads and, and close your eyes just to allow people to respond uh, in this time. For some of you, I want to pray for some of you and when I put that sticker on my chest that said failure. And I want to pray for anyone who might have labeled themselves as a failure. In Jesus, failure is something that you deal with, but never something that you are. And I want to speak life to your spirit. 
I want to join my faith, our faith with yours and say, hey, today's the last day that you call yourself a failure. And if that's you, uh, just while everyone's heads eyes are closed, I'd love to pray uh, for you. Would you slip up your hand wherever you are, just as a sign? Yeah. See those hands? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Jesus, we speak life. We speak life in the name of Jesus. Lord, we go deep. We go deep and we replace failure with acceptance. We replace failure with belonging. Lord, we take off that filter that stops words of life, that stops love. And in the name of Jesus, we replace it with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, no longer, no longer, no longer the banner, no longer the description. God wants you to know it's not written on your heart. It's a sticker. It's like a band-aid. He's taking it off and he's healing your heart. Some of you uh, today, you, you're under the weight of the pressure of failure. You'd, you'd like to, things to be different. You'd like things to go better. And through partnership with Jesus, there's some things you've been contending for that you're in the fight for. And the Holy Spirit just wants to encourage you. If that's you and you just need some encouragement in the things that you're contending for, I'm going to pray for you. You can lift up your hand if you want. Jesus, we thank you for anyone who's doing something significant that they know is from you, something that is good and eternal whether or not that's a business, whether or not that's in their family and they've got opposition. And Lord, we just speak a word of encouragement and a word of life to those people in Jesus' name. As I was preparing, I had a picture of uh, a piggy bank and it represents somebody. Maybe this picture makes sense to somebody. And you feel like the piggy bank had money in it and the piggy bank was smashed to get what was inside. And some of you feel like someone has damaged you or smashed some things to get something from you. And if that's you, God wants to heal you and God wants to restore you. So Lord, we just thank you for your healing. Lord, you put pieces back together. It's your specialty. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I speak life over this church. I speak life. I speak success. Lord, give them that perspective that you are cheering them on, that this crowd of witnesses, that as a community, that we are overcomers. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.